This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Paul Milano, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Uh, I'm excited you're here because, listen, you founded a company called Ever Productive. That's where you got me, Ever Productive. So we're going to talk <laughs> a lot about Ever Productive and how we can be forever productive. But before we get started, why don't you tell us who you are and what you do? Absolutely. So my name is Paul. I've spent the past four years in San Francisco, uh, living in Silicon Valley. This past summer, I actually just moved back to my home city of Toronto, Canada. And really, to keep it simple, I'm just someone who grew up as a super shy and skinny tech kid, you know, not really having any confidence. So now my goal is to write and kind of build courses that help people become their most confident and productive self. It's really things I wish I had learned when I was younger. Yes. Yes. Yeah. A lot of people, I've, I've recently declared myself as a writer. I write every day on Medium. And, you know, now people are saying, you know, Mark, you should write a book. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> two of the best books I've ever written on productivity, in my opinion, uh, Kel Newport's Deep Work and Digital Minimalism. I said, I wish I wrote those books. So, oh, you got to write a book, Mark. You got to write a book. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll think about it, but it's not a priority. So I feel you there. There's a lot of people that need our help. A lot of people. And, there's 440 million English speaking people in the world and I can't handle 440 million people. You can't handle <laughs> no, 440 no million people. So I'm only looking for those people who want to work with a bald guy from Houston, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone's got to find their, you know, their person they relate to basically the person they connect to. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I love Tony Robbins. I think he's phenomenal, but I don't like his way he teaches and that's okay. Uh, not if he likes Tony, not if he likes Brendan Burchard or Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, to your point, you got to find out who you resonate with, because if yeah. you don't feel that resonation there, you're not going to listen and you're not going to learn. Of course, you're not going to implement. Of course. Yeah. I, I didn't see you jump, jumping on a trampoline before this interview. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I did go for my run at 515 this morning. Uh, that's one thing I read. Uh, another good book I recommend people to read is Robin Sharma's The 5 a.m. Club. Really changed my life in 2020 when I joined the club. Uh, the one thing I wasn't doing all of 2020 is Robin suggests people get out and move and sweat and get the heart rate up like first thing in the morning. And so I started doing it at 515 in the morning. So I get up at five. By 5.15 in the morning, I'm out running for 30 minutes. Now, normally, it's not a bad thing, okay? Here in Houston, when it's 65, 70 degrees in the morning, that's fine. Yesterday, I went running, or two days ago, I'm sorry, I went running. It was 64 degrees. Yesterday, it was 34, and I'm like, wait a minute. Am I still in the south? It should not be this cold. But, you know, I still did it. And I, I tell you, when I when I first started moving first thing in the morning, what that does is I do, I used to do my reading first thing in the morning, then I would go running. But when I run first, Robin's right. You get more clarity when you read your inspirational books or whatever you're reading first thing in the morning, your morning routine, uh, you you're clear because now the blood's moving. You got all this stuff going. It's tough getting up five fifteen in the morning when it's cold outside and to go running, but I did it and I can tell you it works for me. So let me ask you this question because we're we're a couple of productivity nerds here. What yeah. do you do first thing in the morning when you first wake up? What time do you wake up and what do you do first thing uh, other uh, than going to the bathroom, of course? <laughs> so I wake up similar time frame to you. Uh, in my case, I have no option. My two and a half year old daughter comes storming <laughs> into the room. So then yeah, we, we go downstairs, we get ready. But for me, I'm, I'm on the same page. Being active in the morning is like one of the best almost like life hacks you can do to feel more energized in the day. So I actually wrote, uh, I have a, a PDF. I could send you it in the show notes or something if you want. It's a series of dynamic stretches I do in the morning. Mm -hmm. 
And the keyword is dynamic because most people, when they think of stretching, they think of relaxing a muscle. But in the morning, that's like the exact opposite of what you want to do. You want to get your blood flowing and moving. You want to get your muscles like activated. Uh, so if you want to do relaxing stretching, do it before you go to bed. That's actually a great thing to do before you go to sleep at night. Helps you calm down, helps you kind of sleep better. But in the morning, wake up and yeah, either work out or I like to do these. It's I do the same stretches every day. It's these dynamic moving stretches. Uh, they're almost like mobility stretches just to get you going. And yeah, I immediately feel a difference if I miss a day. It's like I do. I don't feel the same. So. Yeah, I I agree with you hundred percent there. I mean, I've run over almost one thousand two hundred fifty days in a row, and people ask me, "Well, you know, when are you going to take a day off?" I'm like, "Are, are you kidding me? Starting over <laughs> at one scares the crap out of me. I'm not starting over at one now. For yeah. me, a rest day is when I run just one mile because I'm on this thing. It's nationally recognized. If you run one mile every day, it, you're part of the run every day street, and so." What I do is I have a running uh, goal every year to run 1,000 miles. If I plan it right, I run three miles every day. By the third or fourth week of November, I hit 1,000 miles. And then for the rest of the year, I can run just one mile or I can run three miles or I can run two miles because I've already made my goal. But yeah. the point is, is I can't take a day off, Paul, really send shivers down my spine. I've run, <laughs> check this out. I've run in the heat. I run the cold. I've run when it like is 39 degrees and raining. That's horrible. I even had a, oh, this is embarrassing to say on my show. I've never said this, but I'm going to say it. I had a thrombosis hemorrhoid for three weeks and I still ran every wow. single day. I didn't run fast. <laughs> I probably looked like a zombie. It but hurt, you it. but you know what? I'm that number one scares me, Paul. I just, and I, I tell people, listen, when you start doing things on a regular basis, like I run, you stretch, we probably read both every day. You know, when you get in the routine, they become habits. Then it doesn't have to be, you're not like, well, I hope I get it done. It's a priority. And I think people who have priorities are more productive than those who not. Sounds like you agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You definitely have priorities. That's kind of um, one thing I love is the chain technique. I don't know who originally created it, but it became popular through, uh, through Jerry Seinfeld. Basically, so you get like a monthly calendar and you have all your boxes of each day. Okay. And so for Jerry, it was writing. So every day that he wrote something, he would put like a X through the day. And the goal was never to break the chain. So even if he wrote for an hour, amazing. Even if he wrote literally one line and that was it, he could put an X through the day because he wrote. So that's the same thing. I think a lot of people have to take. Is if say if you're working on a project or you you want to get better at something, you don't have to do an enormous amount of work every day. Even if you just do one like little thing, spend five minutes on it, you did something. You've mm-hmm. kept your momentum going in that direction. And if you can visualize that, uh, like Seinfeld visualizes it with the calendar, and when you see all these X's, like you don't want to miss a day because you're like, oh man, I'm going to miss my X today. I don't want to do that. That calendar is <laughs> going to look ridiculous. It's going to be one empty box in it, right? And that'll so, forever haunt you. Exactly. Um, I use, <laughs> I, use a, I use a streaks app to, to keep my, my streaks. It's supposed to be a habit builder, but because I've run so many days in a row, I love seeing it saying 1,249 days, whatever it is. It's impre- I don't need it anymore. I run every day. But what's interesting is I remember when I first got my Apple Watch like three years ago, and I didn't know you could adjust the move uh, rings. So I went to my parents' house like, I think a month after I got my Apple watch, I live in Houston, they live in Florida. 
and I didn't close my move ring. I was 20 active calories away. To this day, Paul, that haunts me. I mean, I'm over like 820 days in a row closing my Apple Watch rings, which is move, stand, and, and exercise. But that one day, those 20 active calories are still haunting me, making fun of me. And it's been like <laughs> almost three years. Isn't that That's crazy? Proof. That's the proof that it works, though, when you kind of visualize it like this. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I like what you say about the chain technique because – I, the thing I see people get tripped up most about productivity is they keep everything in their head. And as you know, when you keep everything in your head, you can start telling yourself stories, also known as lies, not the truth. So when you use a calendar, did you write or didn't you write? It's it's binary, yes or no. But when you keep it in your head, did I write today? Yeah, I think I did. But you really didn't because you have no way of tracking it. Yeah, absolutely. I think keeping things, when you keep things stuck in your head too, it just contributes to your feeling of overwhelm. Uh, kind of anxiety, like you're afraid you're going to forget things. So another technique I love is if anyone's feeling overwhelmed, just to literally kind of stop doing everything, grab a like a pencil, a piece of paper, and just sit and think about everything kind of floating in your mind. It can be like things you have to do, things you're worried about, things you don't want to forget, and just start writing them all down. And that like that that action of taking, I, I call it a mind dump. Like just dumping everything in your brain onto paper is so calming on its own. And then once you have everything down, then you can kind of start organizing it, prioritizing it or whatever. It's something I go over in my course, but just writing everything down is like one of the most calming things you can do, I find. So it's something I should probably do more often. Uh, I try to do it once a week, basically. Just put everything in my head on paper. And then immediately after that, I'm like, ah, it's just like a load was just taken off, basically. Hey there, it's Mark, and I will coach you for less than $2 a day, plus give you access to a group coaching call every single month. For more information, visit MrProductivity.com. Well, they've, they've actually, when I say they, I mean neuroscientists have actually uh, discovered that one of the things that causes overwhelm and stress is your brain is trying to hold on to all these things. But if we do what you say, and you write it down, then your brain can go, okay, Paul or Mark wrote it down. Okay, I can let it go now because it's written down. But exactly. if the brain doesn't see that, the brain's going, okay, I don't want to forget this. This is obviously important to Paul or Mark. And and that's the the importance of writing things down. I recently, about four months ago, I decided to start using a bullet journal again because technology is wonderful. But to your point, when you sit there and write what you want to do, your goals, your dreams, your desires, or just do a brain dump. It's, it, it brings up so many things that are buried in the subconscious mind that you normally wouldn't have thought about. So I'm a big fan. I'm 55 years young of writing things down instead of using an app. What about you? Uh, I'm actually the exact same. I personally love writing it down as well. Uh, now, generally speaking, I don't try to you know lean people towards one thing or another. If they want to use a certain tool to do it, to me, it's just important that you actually do it. But I find with like a pen and paper, there's just less distractions. Like if I open an app on my phone, say like Evernote or one of those bullet apps that could write notes down. But then in the background, I'm getting notifications pop up about things to do. It's just like, it's just not the same experience when there's, you're writing, but your, your writing environment is surrounded by distractions, if that yeah. makes sense. No, it does. Yeah. And I don't think people understand that when they go into Evernote and then they get a Facebook notification. First of all, let me just stop here and tell people you need to do what I call a notification cleanse. Go through all notifications, turn off the ones you don't need on. Like I have like the weather app. I have my calendar. 
uh, credit card, debit card apps, you know, those things. But most of my apps notifications are turned off. You don't need social media turned on. You don't need email turned on because if you go in the app, everything's there. And I think if people would do that once a month, it would make them less distracting. I'm, I'm not a zero notification guy. I think there is a place for some notifications. Uh, but I think the vast majority of people I come across, I don't know about you, they have way too many notifications turned on. Oh, definitely. And then again, it contributes to that overwhelm feeling. Yes. And you see like 10,000 notifications on your phone, your brain just like goes into overload mode. It doesn't know what to do. So yeah, I think turning off as many notifications as possible. And then unfortunately, you have to almost repeat that act because these apps love to find ways to turn back on their notifications on their own. Yep. And we also be honest, you, you get the latest app, you download it and it says, do you want to allow notifications? You're so excited to use the app. You just hit allow, not realizing that by default, the developer is going to turn on every notification because why not? <laughs> That's they get one opportunity to do it. And so what yeah. I tell people say, don't allow, then go into your settings and then turn them on the ones you want. So for example, a lot of my notifications don't have sound. Okay. So if my phone, I don't have vibration mode on. So if I have my phone on mute face down, I don't, I don't know if I got a notification, but if you put it on mute, you put it face down, you have vibration mode turned on and you get a notification. It's going to go, which is going to cause you distraction. So I think we need to, as human beings, realize that we're the boss of technology. Now I know a lot of people think they're a slave to technology, but turn your phone off and see how much it bothers you. Yeah, so so many people are afraid to do that though, but it, it's such a FOMO. good activity. Almost yeah. real, Paul. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. Everyone wants that dopamine hit. Yep. For when them and they look at their phone, but yeah, I keep my phone on silent. I mean, sometimes I leave it on silent the entire day, which may, may be annoying to people who are trying to reach me, but <laughs> it, it keeps me in control, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Do you have an iPhone or you have an Android? Android. I'm, okay. I'm an Android guy. Okay, so on the iPhone we have uh, Do Not Disturb. But then you can go into settings and say, uh, I want my favorites to be able to call me. Now, you don't get any notifications, but you can set up favorites. So like my mom and dad, they're elderly. They live in Florida. They can call me. A couple other people, like five people can call me when I'm going to do not disturb. But one of the settings I'm really perplexed about uh, with Apple is you can choose everyone. So I think that defeats the purpose of putting out do not disturb and allowing everybody to call you. It's like, so I only have, doesn't it doesn't make any sense, does it? It's like, so anybody can call you. I don't want anybody to call me. I want to select people call me. So I, I encourage people to make sure you're in control of your technology. And Paul and I can both help you with that. But you just got to say, listen, I'm the human being. This is just a piece of technology. I love technology. Technology is awesome. But we got to make sure that the right order, we're the master. It's the slave. Don't reverse that. Don't be a slave to social media or to the text messaging or something like that. You have to be the one in control because otherwise, well, we don't want to go down that road because it's not a good place <laughs> to go, right? Yeah. Again, it just contributes to any sense of anxiety overload. Uh, but yeah, you need to be the one in control. I don't think... You can't really fight distractions in a way. Like as humans, our brains are kind of wired to seek distraction. Yep. I mean, it's like a evolutionary thing. Back, you know, in the hunter-gatherer days, we need to be able to keep on the lookout for things that were going to kill us, basically. We don't quite have, you know, thankfully we're a bit more safe now, but distractions come in other forms. And we can't just like turn that off in our brain, but we need to control our environment as much as possible. Absolutely. And then I think the way I try to do it is, if you keep it in control and if you have, say, a solid hour of productivity, 
then sure, go go watch that one YouTube video to kind of reward your brain a little bit. But as long as you keep everything in control, uh, it just becomes much easier. You can't really fight distractions. You're kind of fighting against their own human biology. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you could if you're the only human being on the planet yeah. and you could you are the 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 king or queen of the universe. Yeah, maybe. But other than that, yeah, you're right. You can you can mitigate or reduce uh how they affect you, but you you can't get rid of distractions. Um just control what you can. So, we've talked about a lot of productivity tips. I want to know what are your top two or three productivity tips that if someone says, "Hey Paul, what are your top two or three productivity tips like on a podcast like if you were going to be on one like mine?" Uh what would you say your top top tips are yeah top tips uh do the mind dump exercise uh spend at least one day a week doing that writing everything down and then you can kind of build off that right in my in my course i go through kind of a step-by-step technique to use that mind up to sort of use that mind dump and then turn it into like a full-blown productivity system Mm. Uh, i try to keep it as minimalist as possible Yes, because that, uh, like if someone's overwhelmed, they don't need to get more overwhelmed with things. So I'm a big fan of uh, being minimalist. I actually try to incorporate. I don't know if you're familiar with the software world, but there's a technique called Agile, which is really just fast-paced development frameworks. Okay. And I try to incorporate the lessons from that into how people can apply it to their own life. It's kind of how Silicon Valley thrives and everything like that. But so, but yeah, in terms of techniques, one technique is mind dump. Uh, second technique is move. I think too many people don't understand the connection between physical body and like mental body. Yes. And you need to absolutely take care of your physical body if you want your productivity to be where you want it to be. So they work hand in hand. Like absolutely. if your body, like if you want to, you know, your brain saying, okay, let's hit on the gas and go, but then your body can't move, like it's not going to happen. So. One of the benefits of being a subscriber to my email newsletter is you get access to free weekly training from me. To sign up for my email newsletter, just go to mrproductivity.com. I, I want to stop just a second to talk about minimalism. I just finished reading uh, Greg McCown's uh, book, Minimalist. Uh, I'm sorry, Essentialist uh, for the second time. Oh, yes. I mean, it's, Essentialism, yeah. It, it's a book everyone needs to read. It's not a long book, but... Um, what's interesting is we are making things so complex in our world. I, matter of fact, I have a saying complexity is a gateway to procrastination. And I don't think ba- it's a badge of honor to make things complex. I think we need to make them as simple as possible. So like when I'm coaching somebody, we start at the basic, uh, the very basic level. Uh, when you go, when the NFL players go back to training camp, even though Tom Brady has been throwing a ball for like a hundred years, he still goes through the drills of throwing the ball and the receivers catch the ball and the running backs, you know, run the ball and the linebackers block. They go back to the basics. And I think we need to keep going back to the basics because we always want the advanced tactics, the advanced strategies. Mark and Paul, tell us the, the advanced stuff. No, let's let's get the, the basic stuff right first, because I think a lot of people are ignoring. Oh, yeah, I get that. Blah, blah, blah. Let's go on to the advanced stuff. No. Do you sure you understand the basics? Do you got the basics? Because. I think if people don't get them, then learning advanced tactics are going to cause you overwhelm. Do you agree with that? Yeah, it, it doesn't work. Like I, I like to view it as like climbing a mountain, and too many people are just like focused on the top of the mountain. Yeah, and they try, you know, they try to download all these productivity apps or whatever, where they're building their like foundation. Like if you're going to climb a mountain, you need to build a solid foundation of skills and you know uh, stamina and everything to do it. 
And that part is skipped basically all the time. They jump right to like the, the tactical level, like the end game. And that's, it doesn't work. It's not sustainable. You'll maybe do it for a day or two and then quit. Basically, that's how it is. There's a lot of uh, I'm I'm fascinated by the people summit Mount Everest that actually had a guy, John Beatty, on my show not too long ago. He actually summited Mount Everest and he says there's a lot of frozen bodies, dead bodies, obviously, they're frozen <laughs> on the way exactly. up on the way up and down Mount Everest. And then you look at the field in the world as a productivity guy like I am, you see a lot of carnage because people thought this was going to be the app and oh they're going to try this app and they're going to try this and what happens they get frustrated and then they come to you and i and they're like oh i'm, I'm a total mess well geez what have you tried oh i tried one two three four five th- whoa and you, you're, you're getting me exhausted and i i think people are making it unnecessarily complex first of all before you go download an app or go buy a course or hire a coach what are you struggling with and what do you where you want to go I think most people are missing that. Uh, Simon Sinek talked about start with why. Okay. It's not enough to say, I want to be more productive. Everybody wants to be more productive, but why? And and people, to your point, are jumping ahead of that. They're just like, well, I heard this app is the greatest app out there for productivity, <laughs> but why do you need it? I, I think a why is a very powerful question that people don't spend enough time thinking about. Yeah. Figuring out your why. Yeah. I mean, everyone wants to be more successful, but yeah, what do you need it for? And like you said, people jump to apps or they try to jump to this like end solution. But I would honestly say the where you should start is almost like your your physical body, mm-hmm. like taking care of your own physical body. Are you drinking enough water? Are you sleeping? Actually, you want to know one of the best productivity tips I ever did, Mark? Yes. I, started, I started going to bed at nine o'clock. Oh, me too. <laughs> Simple as that. I started going to bed at nine o'clock. It was like one of the best things I ever did for feeling energized in the day. You know, it's crazy because when I first joined the 5 a.m. club on February 4th, 2020, I'll never forget that date. I, you know, I'm like, okay, five o'clock, set my alarm on my Apple watch. I'm all set. But my body's used to going to bed at 1130. And it's like, dude, we're not going to bed at nine. It ain't not happening. And so it took me about two weeks to train my body because I wouldn't fall asleep until midnight. I still get up at five o'clock in the morning. And then eventually my body goes, Oh, he's going to go to bed at nine, get up at five. And so my body eventually got used to it. Now I, I say I turn screens off by eight, by seven 30, my battery's almost on empty. Okay. So <laughs> I like to go in and read for like 45 minutes to an hour. I never make it more than 20 minutes. My brain goes, okay, dude, we're, we're ready to go to bed. Um, and it feels really good. Now I don't have a two and a half year old like you do, but I wake up every day at five o'clock and now I'm running first thing in the morning. When I woke up this morning, I looked at my phone. Just to check the weather, I want to make it clear. I always tell you not to pick up your phone, but I check the weather. I'm like, oh, 41 feels like 34. All right, got to do it, got to do it. And I'm like, you know, oh, you know, this <laughs> is like oh. I, I never knew. Uh, I never knew Houston got that cold. I didn't either until I moved down here. I'm like, what is this? It, it does. Now, here's the thing. Three days ago, it was 75. Okay. Yesterday it was 34 in three days. It's going to be 75 again. So we dip down and we go right back up again. But still. When you when one day you're running in shorts and a t-shirt, and the next day you're wearing sweatpants and a and a long sleeve running shirt and a sweatshirt and a jacket and gloves and mittens, there's something wrong with that because the temperature has been 40 degrees cooler. Now, you know, I'm not complaining, you know, because I woke up this morning. Okay. But I would much rather run when it's 55 to 60. That's about my sweet spot right there. Because yeah, I can yeah. be in shorts and short sleeve shirts. When I have to wear other clothing out there, I get kind of unhappy. <laughs> 
That's such a dramatic swing. That's one thing I loved about like San Francisco and kind of the whole California coast. It's like the exact same temperature every single day. You don't even need to check the weather. There's no point. You yeah. know what it's going to be. <laughs> but up in Toronto, it gets a little bit chilly up there, though. Oh, yeah. It's today, I think, is the... I've actually kind of had a freebie winter. It's been such a mild winter until this past week. Oh. Now we're... Uh, i got to do the conversion because I'm Canadian. It's minus 15 Celsius, oh. so... I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but it's, it's cold. cold. We'll just say it's <laughs> <Yeah>. cold. <laughs> now, see, I would now see, I would still go running in that. I would probably oh, yeah. look like that, like that kid who uh, you know gets bundled up by their parents with a snowsuit. Now, I would look like that, but I would still go ball. <laughs> yeah, the snow pants is like a big ball wobbling. <laughs> oh, I remember. I remember my mom used to buy me a snowsuit every year, and it would take so long. Because you had to put your legs in, then you had to use the the yeah. baggies from the the bread to get your 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 feet into the boots, and and then I, I was trying to go out and play football with my buddies, and like I couldn't even move my arms. <laughs> I'm like I'm like I'm walking around with my arms stretched out. Oh, those are the days. But you know, I moved down here in 1997. I I I've had too many blizzards, too many snowstorms, and which are different blizzards to those of you who don't live up north. Uh, ice storms below zero. I in 1996 oh, yeah, I came. Yeah. I, I visited Houston. And I fell in love with it. And I told my then wife, I said, I'm moving to Houston. I, I can't take the cold. <laughs> now, ironic, we got divorced. She moved back up to Ohio. And I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> not enough. That's that. done. I, yeah. I, I'm done. I, it, I'll go up there and visit Toronto, like in the you know summer when it's like 75 up there. Oh, yeah. Summer here is awesome, man. Yeah. 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 But I, it's the winter that really messes you up. Um, so, Paul, we we talked a lot about uh, Productivity Day. Uh, you gave us a lot of insights. I want to thank you for all your insights. But we've come to the time of the show where we play role reversal. I give you the microphone and allow you to be the host of the Mark Chesky podcast um, for one or two questions. Uh, you don't have to say my last name, so don't sweat that. <laughs> don't ask me for my credit card or social security numbers because I won't answer that. But any other question, productivity related or sports or whatever, uh, you are the host. So take it away. All right. So I have, I have two questions for you, Mark. Uh, one you. is uh, kind of similar to what I touched about, but is, what is one thing you know today that you had wished you were taught in school when you were younger? The value of time. Everyone on this planet gets a, it gets 24 hours in a day, unless it's your last day, which I hope it's not, but it, unless it is, you get 24 hours. And I would always try to fit things in. I have a saying, tell your time where to go instead of wondering where it went. And I would like, ah, I'll fit reading in. Oh, I'll fit doing this <laughs> in. And guess what happens? Bedtime comes along. I didn't do anything. So plan. Even though there's no perfect plan, you're going to plan and then something's going to happen. Your internet's going to go down. Kid's going to get hurt. But if you go through the exercise of planning, which I wish I would have done, I would have got my homework done on time. I would have gotten project done on time because I didn't allocate any time. I just, you know, hey, I, I can make it work. And I didn't do as good in school as I would have had I planned it. So I tell people, whether you're in high school, whether you're in college or university, whether you're out in the real world, Plan your time and really respect time because you've been on the show for about a half an hour. You can't get that time back. It's gone. The people have listened gone, to this yeah. conversation this far into it. They can't get that time back. Uh, I hope they felt that this conversation is worth it, but that you can't go back. There's no time machine. So very, I wish I understood the value of time when I was younger. Yeah, I think it's critical too, especially in like high school. Because everyone in high school thinks they have an, you know, an infinite amount of time yep. when you're that age. But you really don't start appreciating it until later on. 
And then you kind of wonder, oh man, I could have spent the last 10 years <laughs> yep. maybe doing doing something productive with my life, basically. Absolutely. So, yeah. Okay. So actually, I want to congratulate you. I know you're releasing a new podcast every day, which is difficult to do. Uh, I don't think people truly appreciate how hard that is to actually do, unless you're, unless you're kind of in that creator mindset where you're creating content. So I wanted to ask you, how do you make yourself stay committed to releasing a new podcast every single day? Well, for the benefit of those who are listening to this podcast for the first time, hello, welcome, glad you're here. So on January 1st, I released an episode and I decided, because I'm a big fan of social accountability, I'm going to release a brand new episode every day in 2021. Now, if your name is Gary Vaynerchuk, Tony Robbins, Oprah Winfrey, Brendan Burchard, that's really easy because you got teams. It's just my wife and I. Okay. So that's to your point. It's a big undertaking. Well, here's my secret. I do four interviews a week. So that means I have to create three um, solo episodes a week. That's when it's just me. So my guests do a lot of heavy lifting on four of the days. My wife, who's furloughed from the travel industry, she does all the post-processing stuff. And then I just come in the room and my, my spare bedroom here, and I just knock out three, eight to 15 minute episodes. And for like, usually Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So Right now, I'm 29 for 29. Uh, we'll talk in June, <laughs> see if the spring is still on. <laughs> but again, it goes back to my running. Okay, now I've done 29 episodes in a row. Uh, starting over at one again really concerns me. So the longer yeah, it goes, I, yeah, it's going to fortify. It's going to it's going to make yeah. it, hey, no matter what, even if I have to do a voice memo on my phone, it, it's five minutes just ramping about something. As long as I'm bringing value, I'm never just going to come on the podcast and go well. Here's my episode. I'm going to always give value um, because fortunately, with, like I'm in my studio here, but on my iPhone, I can record on a voice app and then create a podcast episode out of there. So there's really no excuse if my microphone breaks something with that. I can still do an episode. Okay. So the whole thing is it's determination. That's why I run every day. I'm now, I've also gone, done something else crazy, Paul. I've decided I'm going to write a brand new article on medium 365 days in a row. So oh I started goodness. that about a week ago. <laughs> so, but I want to, I, because now my wife is doing all the stuff behind the scenes. I hate to do that. She's really good at now I can focus on content creation and by doing things every day, it really builds that muscle. Yeah, that's amazing. I didn't even know you were doing that one too. I'm, I'm even more impressed now. <laughs> that's I, awesome. Know, I, I don't know. Well, I was going to do one article a week and then I started reading articles about how to get found on Medium. They said, oh, write an article every day for a year. And I'm like, I could do that. And so I went on and created a video on Snapchat and TikTok and, and on LinkedIn and say, I'm going to do this. And that's social accountability. If you really want to yeah. stick to your goals, go tell the world. And I've got people already saying, okay, you're seven for seven, you're eight for eight. Okay. They're watching. And, and that's the important thing. So don't try to do it yourself. Get people involved. Two great questions, by the way, Paul, thank you so much for being <laughs> no problem. the host. Give me the microphone back. Um, <laughs> so, uh, the final question I have for you is where can we go find out more about you and what you do? Yeah, definitely. Best place is go to just go to my website, everproductive.com and just uh, reach out to me there. The contact form forwards directly to my personal email. So I, I read everything that comes in there and I, I respond to everybody too. That's uh, one of my goals is to make sure anyone who reaches out gets a response. You know, that that is so awesome you said that because I like to think of myself as a clean version of Gary Vaynerchuk. 
you can see Gary in a, when we used to, if we ever go back to the airports again, if you see him in the airport, you can say hi to him. If you see him walking around New York City, you can say hi to him. Okay. There's a lot of other people who are up in the stratosphere that unless you pay them a million dollars a year, you're never going to have one-on-one conversation with them. And that's fine. That's the choice they make. But I want to be more like Gary. I don't think I'm better than anyone, anyone else on the planet. Okay. And I want to be like you. I try to reply to every comment. Everyone sends me a DM. Everyone sends me an email because if they took the time to reach out and say, Hey, I really enjoyed your episode with Paul ignoring them. That's not going to be a, a give them a good impression. So I'm, I'm doing the same thing you do. Uh, you yeah. and I are small potatoes compared to Gary and Tony <laughs> Robbins. So reach out to us. You will hear back from us, not our staff. You'll hear back from us. So I applaud you for that. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me. It was a great time. Hey, 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 hey. Don't leave this episode yet. I have a very important announcement for you. I want you to go to mrproductivity.com right now and get the top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs absolutely for free. It's my gift to you. And while you're at mrproductivity.com, I want you to click on the tab that talks about my digital productivity coaching program. I call it DPC. This program is incredible and I'm super excited about it because one, via a dedicated app, you get daily, yes, daily coaching and accountability prompts from me and the ability to ask me questions, short questions in the app. You get a live group coaching call every single, well, month with me. Third, you get access to a DPC members only community online, and it's not a Facebook group. And fourth, you get replays of all the group coaching calls and my Saturday morning trainings. Now, my Saturday morning trainings are free, but there's no replay. But DPC members get access to the training, to the replays, part of their membership. Now, what's this cost you? You may think thousands of dollars. No, it's $49 a month. That's less than $2 a day. So check out the digital productivity coaching program and grab the top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs at my website, mrproductivity.com.